This is Statehouse News. This podcast is a production of the Center for Community Solutions and features content from the Hannah News Capital Monitor. For a complete version of Statehouse News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com. Thank you for joining us. Today is Thursday, March 26, 2015, and this is Episode 12. Earlier this month, on Friday, March 13th, the Ohio Department of Medicaid, ODM, submitted the state's transition plan to meet new federal requirements from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, regarding home and community-based services, HCBS, waivers administered by the states. The plan was a result of a federal rule that became effective on March 17, 2014, which says the federal Medicaid funds no longer can be used to pay for waiver services that are offered in an institutional setting or settings adjacent to public institutions or other settings that have the effect of isolating people who are receiving HCBS. As a result, each state was required to examine its waiver system, determine if any settings existed which did not meet the new HCB settings characteristics outlined in the rule, and develop a statewide plan to ensure compliance within five years of the rule's effective date, that is, by March 17, 2019. In response, the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, or DODD, convened a CMS transition plan committee comprised of stakeholders from across the DD system to review the state's current waiver services and rules, to identify settings that may not fully comply with the regulation, and to develop recommendations for how to bring them into compliance. According to the department, it used the recommendations from the Transition Plan Committee when working with the Ohio Departments of Aging and Medicaid and the Governor's Office of Health Transformation to draft Ohio's transition plan. Public comments were solicited and two public hearings were held in January. DODD said that this feedback was summarized and used to make changes to Ohio's plan. The revised 92-page transition plan that was submitted to CMS, with the changes marked, can be found online. The items outlined in the state's transition plan and the timing of their implementation will be based on CMS approval. CMS has not shared information about when they will respond to state's transition plans. A public health coalition announced a poll about Governor John Kasich's proposed tobacco tax increase, finding 7 out of 10 Ohioans are in favor of such taxes in a state ranked 8th in the nation's highest for smoking rates. At a press conference Thursday, the Investing in Tobacco-Free Youth Coalition, or ITFY, said a commissioned survey of 600 likely voters indicated 69% support a state tobacco tax increase of $1 per pack of cigarettes. The poll was taken March 7th through 10th via landline and cell phone surveys. Glenn Bolger, a pollster with Public Opinion Strategies, conducted the survey. He said that the data his national research firm found in Ohio is similar to other polls across the country, calling tobacco taxes a nonpartisan issue that intersects political, geographic, gender, age, income, and ideological lines. 
This unifies Ohioans, this proposal. This is something that is not seen as controversial. This is something that strong majorities do support, and I think that's the key takeaway from this survey, he said. About half of poll takers have heard about Kasich's proposed income tax reductions, and 72% favor it. Asked about the efforts to pay for that proposal, 67% of those surveyed favored an increased tax on all tobacco products over an increased commercial activity tax or sales tax. Poll takers were also posed two statements about the fairness of this increase, one saying an increase is unfair because it places a burden on a small group to pay for tax cuts, and the other saying it is fair because it helps cover health costs for those to be treated with smoking-related diseases. 67% said it was fair. Ohio State University's College of Social Work hosted a conference on Monday, March 23rd, exploring the history of Medicare and Medicaid in recognition of their creation 50 years ago, with a former Ohio Medicaid director opening the event with a speech on how the program evolved from a relative afterthought to a utility player and a core component of the Affordable Care Act. The College of Social Work convened the event as part of its 18-month exploration of the cultural and political movements of the early 1960s that brought about enactment of landmark civil rights and anti-poverty laws. Professor Keith Kilty said the college is revisiting that era in hopes of recapturing its spirit and seeking broad, positive policy change. The keynote speaker for the event was former U.S. Senator Tom Daschle of North Dakota. Barbara Edwards, Ohio's Medicaid director during the Taft administration and a former group director at the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, said Medicaid is becoming as or more important than Medicare in the larger healthcare market, despite its longtime second-class status in policy debates. Though jokingly referred to as the silent M in CMS, Medicaid covers more lives nationwide than Medicare after growing incrementally over the decades, she said. Edwards gave a detailed history of federal health care legislation over decades, starting from failed attempts to include national health care in the New Deal, Medicaid was created as an add-on to Medicare partly to garner support from those on the political left still pushing for national health care, she said. Beginning as an adjunct to cash assistance to help pay for the care of the indignant, it moved gradually away from its close association with welfare programs, particularly after the 1996 welfare reform, she said. Speaking after her speech, Edwards said she was bullish on long-term prospects of the Affordable Care Act and the drive to expand coverage. I think it's the direction of the inevitable, she said. Given the history of Medicare and Medicaid, and even the history of national health coverage or universal coverage, it's never a once-and-done. Even programs like Medicare that have turned out to be wildly popular and very strong continues to be modified over time as we learn and the policies of the country change, she said.
Happenings from the week of March 16, 2015. The Ohio Department of Health, according to provisions in 130th General Assembly Senate Bill 23, made original birth records of approximately 400,000 Ohioans adopted between 1964 and 1996 available on Friday. Among those receiving their information was Senator David Burke, who was adopted. Just two weeks after the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services released January employment numbers, showing Ohio had gained over 25,000 jobs during the month, the February numbers showed less positive job growth, with the state only gaining 3,300 between January and February, and the January numbers revised downward by 11,100 jobs. The unemployment rate was unchanged between January and February at 5.1%, and the official numbers show the state going from 5,383,900 jobs in January to 5,387,200 in February. However, the January numbers have been revised downward from the 5,395,000 jobs reported earlier this month. The Ohio Supreme Court Task Force on Access to Justice reviewed draft recommendations Friday in preparation for its final report on reformed legal services for low- to moderate-income Ohioans. Topping its working proposals is the call for dedicated General Revenue Funds, GRF, supporting civil legal representation for the poor, and the creation of a new Access to Justice office within the Supreme Court. And the ACLU of Ohio Wednesday filed an individual and class action administrative complaint with the Ohio Department of Education on behalf of students with disabilities who say they have been denied special education services while at Cuyahoga Juvenile Detention Center. These individualized instruction services were supposed to be provided by the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, Lawrenceville Heights City School District, and Education Alternatives, Bedford, according to the ACLU Legal Director, Frida Levinson. And some notable quotes from around Capitol Square. Welcome Representative O'Gerberry and Obiki, Senator Cliff Height introducing Representatives Ron Gerberry and Jim Beakey as they prepared to give testimony on St. Patrick's Day for House Bill 14, which bans the sale of powdered crystalline alcohol in Ohio. Cliff, there are a lot of people who have been praying for you after you started your son at quarterback over Ben Roethlisberger. Governor John Kasich joking with Senator Cliff Height during Monday's meeting of the Ohio Task Force on Community Police Relations. Height coached the current Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback at Finley High School. If you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Parent Michael Brothers, in testimony before the House Finance, Health, and Human Services Subcommittee, describing the challenges of caring for the needs of his autistic son and others with the condition. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Statehouse News, presented by the Center for Community Solutions. For a complete version of Statehouse News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com.